to the Beyond the Moment podcast, where we focus on the moments that matter. Hey friends, I'm Rebecca Lindhout. And I'm Amanda Martinson, and welcome to Beyond the Moment. And it's been a while since we did this. It's been a hot minute and it's all Amanda's fault. Because <laughs> one of us, me, lost her voice for several weeks and sounded very, very nice and raspy, which would not have been pleasant for our listeners to how, hear. <laughs> how dare she? How dare she underestimate the mercy and grace of our listeners? Yes. So I am back with my normal, lovely country twang of a voice. And we're back talking today about the mission of hospitality, which I am so excited about. I think we have got some great discussion uh, that we're going to have today. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. Well, 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 welcome back. I mean, we see each other almost every day, but welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> well, thank you. As I'm enjoying my jello. Yes, is my- I, you can't see her, but note for the audio, she is enjoying a nice cup of jello. <laughs> That's actually my my uh, hostess tip for for the for the show. I'll tell you about my Jello later. It's my b- favorite thing on the planet. Besides, not a big Jello person. Jesus, I, like, I want to like it, but I'm not a big Jello person. We're gonna have to talk about this later. <laughs> Did that just change your opinion of me? <laughs> no, because actually, you know how I told you my my house is very mid century. My it, it is a literal mid century house. And so um, I went to a, not a thrift store, an antique store the other day, and I was looking for some books that were from that time period, like recipe books to have in my kitchen, because I thought that would be really, really cute. Well, I came upon the Jell-O cookbook. <laughs> oh, my delight. Oh, my delight. And it was like God's glory just rained down on you in that moment. <laughs> Oh, Jesus was smiling. Jesus was smiling because these recipes, oh my goodness, these people put anything in jello, anything, fish in jello. It was, it's cuckoo bananas. Fish in jello. Fish in jello. <laughs> but it's got to be lemon jello. If you're doing like meat products, <laughs> almost every time lemon jello. <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I can, uh, I think I'm going to pass on trying that, but. <laughs> So I told Josie that maybe a good summer project, mother-daughter summer project, would be to <laughs> go through all of these recipes and make and try each one. So <laughs> more to come if we're not lazy bums this summer. Goals, <laughs> summer goals. Hello. <laughs> we all have our summer goals. Becca's is to make <laughs> everything. We all have our fish jellos. <laughs> Mine is to stay inside the air conditioning as much as possible, so... <laughs> No, you we all have things that. are important. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, today we're talking about the mission of hospitality. And I think that this is um, one of those things that we think is a Martha Stewart thing, which mm-hmm. is what I thought hospitality really, really literally was, was a Martha Stewart thing. Like I knew my mom, you know, she she's always, our home has always been open. Our home has always been the place that, you know, my brother would bring his friends and they would stink up the house, whatever. You know, it was mm-hmm. kind of like the everybody's welcome kind of vibe. And my mom loved, loved, loves to cook. <clears throat> and she cooks enough for an army. The other day I went, Mom, this is Sunday dinner and it would be Thanksgiving at anybody else's house. <laughs> Full spread. <laughs> that That's my mama. That's my Betsy. And so anyway, I, when I was on maternity leave, I 
was watching a lot of Martha Stewart living, which, you know, if that's your jam, go for it. I probably shouldn't have it made me. Or your jello, no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) Too jelly. Um, But anyway, so, you know, I spent a lot of time rocking a baby and, you know, a baby asleep in my arms. And so I watched a lot of Martha Stewart living. And so she would say, now is the time of the year to do this. And I would think, I have never even seen this thing. I have been missing the calendar. I, I am not, I'm not calendar, calendaring well with Martha Stewart. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, I'm not going to miss any more of these Martha Stewart dates. So I got Martha Stewart's book and it was the, the, the housekeeping life through the year book. And it told you what time of year you're supposed to do each thing. Wow. And so... I looked at the first thing I did was turn it and open it to the page for my time of the year. It may have been even to the date. I can't remember. It's like a doorstop at my house now. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so it said for that day, I needed to oil my charcuterie board, which I found oh out my. was a cheese board, which I didn't know what a cheese board was either. Because I don't know why you need a board for cheese. Oh, that you're apparently supposed to oil. That you're supposed to oil. What? Mama, <laughs> what's a cheese board? She's like, if you have fancy cheeses, you put this out and you use your fancy knife. Oh. And I was like, Mama, mm-hmm. what does my fancy knife look like? <laughs> <laughs> she was like, it's got a hook on the end. I was like, oh, well, I'm going to oil that too. <laughs> it's going to oil it all down. <laughs> it's all going to get oiled. But... But apparently, according to Martha, you know, there's a day for everything. There was even a day for washing out the uh, the grate on your refrigerator. You know that thing mm-hmm. where the vent, the air vent mm-hmm. is? I didn't even know I had one of those, but there is a day to wash it. There is a day to wash your drapes. Wow. Like, there is a time and a season for everything. But then, I was watching Martha again, because Martha and I are friends. We're on first name basis. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> And I looked and she was showing her yard and there were all of these little minion people running around doing things, helping her with things. Like mm. she doesn't do these crap. Like she doesn't do these things. Like mm-hmm. I think like they show her how to do it like 10 minutes before and they're standing beside her in the show. Yeah. And Martha is just. She's not all in her own cheese board. <laughs> She's not all in her own cheese board. She is not growing her own kale. Mm-hmm. Martha. Mm-hmm. Martha is not. Mm-hmm. She's not. But we live in the real world. We don't have minions. Mm-hmm. But I think that we think that we have to live like Martha. Yeah. yeah. And so today I just kind of wanted to talk about how do we make our home a mission tool? Yeah. So I was thinking about that and like what did what does what does this look like on a biblical level? Yeah. All the things. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna allow you to talk now, Amanda. Yeah. <laughs> No, I love it. I think it's so true. I think, and it's like you and I were talking about before we were recording. I think we have this vision in our mind of what, um, what hospitality looks like, that it's supposed to be um, your farmhouse table decor and your Martha Stewart, you know, perfectly oiled cheese board that you put out. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's all of these things. And uh, I think when we look at it from a biblical standpoint, it's just completely different from that. And so I, I think, yeah, you and I have been talking a lot about this, but I actually, 
I looked up, I just went straight Webster's Dictionary because I thought, you know, I feel like I have a good idea of what hospitality is, but what is the actual definition of hospitality? And it is the, the friendly and the generous reception and entertainment of guests, visitors, or strangers. Now that's the, you know, dictionary.com version of that definition. But then when we look at it from a biblical standpoint, and we won't, you know, be able to cover all of this today, but I think it's interesting because when you look at biblical hospitality, it simply says it's a focus on the stranger or the person in need. And so it's like, wow, we have two really different, you know, sort of, you know, and similar in some ways, but, but viewpoints of like one is more focused on an, an entertainment, you know, and the other is, is service and, and a servant's heart. And so I think we'll talk about both of them um, in a way I think that is very practical and relates to us today, because like you said, um, I mean, it, it's great. Martha Stewart's great, but we're not all Martha, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I am I'm not. More, a Martha. I'm more lime fish yellow than Martha Stewart. <laughs> Yeah. Fish yeah. Yeah. So I, I think we're going to, I think we're really going to be able, um, I think to have a, a good discussion on this. And, um, you know, one thing that I was thinking about too, when it, when it comes just as an overview of hospitality itself is, is thinking about, you know, hospitality being an attribute and part of the character and nature of God, mm-hmm. you know, like, I mean, when we think about all of these things, you know, that God created them. So, so what's the way that he created us to use this? Um, I love how you said using, you know, using our homes as a mission tool, you know, mm-hmm. I love that so much. And, and I think, like yeah. this is especially important now um, in this time, because there is a housing mm-hmm. boom and we're all getting new neighbors. Yeah. And if you're looking around and you're getting new neighbors and you don't know your current neighbors, then then there is a problem with hospitality. Mm-hmm. And I think we're so busy. That's part of the reason we're not super hospitable is because we're all so tired. Yeah. But just like you have to make, carve out time for your de- devotional time, carve out time to wash your children so that they're not feral, you know, <laughs> it's something that you have to carve out time for. Yeah. And hospitality is one of those things. And you know, I think it was so important. It's so important to God because when we look back in the Bible, right from the beginning with Abraham, he welcomed the stranger. And mm-hmm. because of his hospitality and the way that he w- welcomed, went out of his way to welcome, then he was chosen to be a father of, of, of the mm-hmm. nations. Yeah. So that is the first standard for us is, is that you stop what you're doing and, and you welcome you welcome people. And um, so I was looking in our missions magazine this month talking about um, Anthony Driver um, and he's in Central Asia. And he was talking about how relationship is the currency of the culture that he lives in. Mm-hmm. And he said, um, Relationship is the currency of this culture. In the West, if you visit somebody's house, you might only be a part of that person's plan for the de- for their day as they have other things to do. In this place, when someone comes to your home, that person is now the plan. Mm, wow. And that's, I really think that powerful. that probably reflects more about biblical hospitality, even yeah. though that he's serving in a Muslim culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the culture that he's in is not too many steps away from what it would have been like in biblical culture. And, um, you know, just that idea that we get so busy with life that we don't have time for people. Yeah. 
And um, so I guess that was, would be my first thing is like, get to know your neighbors. Mm-hmm. You know, who, who are they? When I moved into my apartment in Richmond um, and I lived there with three other girls, um, there were four guys living above us um, that were, we were in seminary and in um, advertising um, graduate school, all of us. And then all of the guys upstairs were in the brand center. And so (laughs) they had lived there a year before I got there. So on the refrigerator, they made me cheat notes as to who were the boys upstairs (laughs) describing them. And, you know, it was like, you know, um, Jordan, really white hair, super friendly, (laughs) you know, Joe, probably will never see him kind of built, you know, (laughs) but one thing we did do is that we did have house, house gatherings. It was not a house party. It was a house gathering (laughs) and we would have the guys down for dinner or they'd have us up for dinner, usually around once a month. So that's just a good place to mm-hmm. start. Just get to know your neighbor. Know which one has the white hair. Know which one, yeah, is built. So um, just saying. Oh, I love that. I, you know, I, I live in, I live in, in a, in a neighborhood. And so, um, I, you know, I grew up in the country. I mean, my neighbors were my relatives, you know? So, um, you know, so when my husband and I got married and moved into a neighborhood, that was a different change because we were, we were living around strangers, you know, whereas we had both grown up around family. And, you know, like I said, I mean, we, we lived in the country. And so, um, you know, I was so excited for that because I thought, wow, I mean, this is going to be a whole different thing. And, and I'm very, I know that this is not the case with everybody. So I do want to acknowledge that not everybody, you know, may, may have a closeness or a good relationship with their neighbor. Sometimes that, you know, can be a hard situation, but I'm fortunate um, that I, that I, I do. And, um, you know, when I have had my babies, um, you know, when, when my mom passed last year and, and I mean, my, my neighbors were so kind. I mean, they showed up with food. I mean, I'll, I'll never forget my, one of my neighbors after I had my daughter showed up with just a gift bag of all kinds of just goodies and just, you know, just things just to say, like, I'm thinking of you, um, you know, my neighbor on my other side, you know, for my, for my first Mother's Day, you know, without my mom was so kind. And she just brought me a Mother's Day gift because she just, you know, just I want to want you to have this extra little, you know, little love and kindness. And, um, you know, and, and we don't necessarily get into deep, you know, we're not having deep conversations about faith and, and religion and just theology. It's just, you know, loving each other and and just being there. Um, you know, and I think life. about, yes, it's just life. life and and showing up and, and, and so it's, and having those interactions and, you know, so I think, I, you know, and everybody lives in different, uh, you know, places and, and different situations and things like that, but, you know, it is, it's, it's hard, you know, I tend to be more of an introverted person, you know, that it takes me a while to sort of warm up to go have conversations. But one thing that has helped me is my kids, you know, because, um, you know, living in a neighborhood, you're out with kids, you're, you're riding bikes, you're riding scooters, you're taking walks. Um, and so being, I think just being outside, you know, so maybe for people listening that maybe don't have kids, you know, maybe just being outside, working in the garden, working on your front, you know, sitting on your front porch or, you know, just doing those things to be a part of, um, of that in some way, if it's possible, you know, for you, like I said, not everybody lives, you know, in that kind of context. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give them that excuse. I, I, <laughs> uh Oh, she's like, about maybe to go hard. Maybe had a falling out with your neighbor. I will give you like, maybe, maybe their dog pooped on your lawn one too many times. 
But I don't think that we, any of us, live in a situation where we can't get to know our neighbor. And sometimes that's going to take, just like the missionary in Central Asia, it's going to take showing up again and again and again, even yeah. though they're not going to return the yeah. favor. It's still going to be showing up, showing up with the casserole, you know, bringing the Christmas goodies, cookies, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it, it might take more time. It's not always going to be simple or easy, Yeah, but it is, it is part of that call to love mm -hmm. our neighbor. And if we can't love our actual neighbors, like they have a shotgun at the window, no need to love, but if you were <laughs> love from a distance, <laughs> but you know, when we are, if we're taking, you know, the, the call to, to love God and to love our neighbor seriously, then our literal neighbor is um, just the most logical place to start. And sometimes we're going to have to just work that out with fear and trembling. Yeah. But it is, I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not giving you an excuse. Going to do it. Got to do it. You know, if from when I first moved to my house in Broadway, when I lived in Broadway, um, our neighbors came over with a potted plant, you know, and, and one of them, I think I got two potted plants and, and um, one of them's grandson, like the day after we moved in, put a little thing on my door, one of those door hangies for Bible school. You know, mm -hmm. that he was using a new neighbor as a mission field already. Uh, yeah. and he was only seven. If we can't walk next door and, and, you know, and say hello, then there's a problem with us. <laughs> you know? and, yeah. my, yeah. and my neighbor on the other side, one, one neighbor was Nana and the, and the neighbor on the other side was Miss Susan and Mr. Randy. And um, they knew, um, you know, I'm, I'm the opposite of you. Like, I want to be all up in your business. I probably <laughs> want to know what you had for breakfast. If you ever know what an introvert and extrovert when they host a podcast, this is what it is. <laughs> but um, Randy and Susan and I got to, to know each other pretty well. And um, when we had our kids, um, yeah. they knew that um, Gavin's parents are in South Africa. And so Susan, in so many ways, uh, served as the second grandma in, mm -hmm. in our lives. And, and um, she, she was just so good and kind to my girls. And, um, yeah. and they, call her, they call her Grandma Susan. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that is the kind of biblical hospitality and the kind of biblical relationship, I think, that we're called to live in. Mm -hmm. I love that. You know, one thing that as we're looking at hospitality, because I mean, there's so many, like I said, we, we won't be able to cover everything today just to start the conversation really. But, you know, one thing that you and I've talked a lot about is, you know, I, we've, we've mentioned time already and just being intentional, um, you know, with those relationships and the fact that we, we are so busy in it. And that is a challenge, right? I think the, uh, another challenge when you're looking at hospitality is, and it kind of goes back to that Martha Stewart, you know, kind of thing we were talking about is, is that idea of everything has to be perfect. I know that that, that is a struggle for me. And <clears throat> I think about how many times when, you know, I think, well, our friends are stopping by or they're coming, you know, to spend time with us for the day or the weekend or whatever. And I go around my house with, with some sort of a fine eye that I don't have every single day, where all of a sudden I feel like, that thing from five years ago, it should be dusted and it should be perfect. And maybe I need to move it somewhere. And maybe that picture doesn't necessarily need to go there. Like maybe I need to just, you know, I need to need to redo my whole kitchen. You know, it's like, before I know it, it's like, you know, tidying up has become, you know, going through everything with such a fine eye. And, 
And I know when I go over to people's houses, I don't even think twice about that stuff. You know, I mean, I don't even pay attention to that stuff, but for whatever reason, when we know we're having visitors come over, it it is that pressure there. You know, I I know for a lot of us, some people, you know, they don't struggle with that. I think, but for those of us that do, it's like, we've got to, we've really got to get past that, that this need of like, everything's got to be in its place. Do you think that is, um, do you think that that is a Southern thing as well? I think a lot of it can be rooted in that for sure. I mean, I, I, I'm sure it's, you know, I'm sure it's can be cross-cultural in a lot of ways, but yeah, I, I think, you know, in terms of a lot of our background, I think we, we grew up with a lot of that, uh, you know, pressure that when you know, people are coming over, um, you know, things need to be, things need to well, be in I their can, place. I can one up you on that one. I can one up you on that one. And my, and my raisin before we would go to the beach every year, my mama would make us do what she called the death cleaning. Uh-huh, uh-huh. In case somebody died, the house had to be so we could have visitors. Yeah. Like for, yeah. Mm-hmm. For, a, for sitting. I don't know. You know, it was like, in case somebody comes in here and, and we're dead, <laughs> I don't want them to find a mess. Yeah. So it, like your you, mom and I have that in common. Before I go on vacation, we clean the house. <laughs> you got to You do a death cleaning too. Because I don't. I don't want to come back to a messy house. <laughs> well, I don't want to come back to a messy house either. I, I think that was part part of it too. But when you're cleaning out the microwave, you know you're doing a death cleaning. Just in case you were wondering, that is the. Standard. I wonder what day Martha would say that needs to be done. <laughs> and you know, we give we give Martha a lot of heck, but it is Joanna too. Joanna is causing us as much anxiety as anybody. We need the shiplap on the walls. <laughs> we need, and like that, you were talking about the farmhouse, like, like everything has to be curated and look a certain way. I do think that we all, or so many of us have this farmhouse decor in our home, but we're not living the farmhouse lifestyle. Mm. And the farmhouse lifestyle was that everybody raised everybody's kids and like you were out while people were out in the fields, somebody was, you know, taking care of the youngins who were running in and out of the house. And, you know, it was making a meal together for everybody who was working on the farm because they had to eat, you know, mm-hmm. and it was those times together around tables that were really, really important. And so we have these huge farmhouse tables and we don't have farmhouse meals for our neighbors and we don't have farmhouse ne- meals for the people that we love. And, and I think that that is a big step that we have to learn to take is that um, really that farmhouse lifestyle is, is the kind of lifestyle that, that God calls us to. Because when we look back in Acts, it says um, in Acts 4, it said the multitude of those who believed were of one heart and soul. And no one said mm-hmm. that any of his possessions was his own, but instead they held everything in common. Like that, that idea, like that, what's mine is yours. Yeah. And like the next chapter over is, is Sapphira and Ananias lying Mm -hmm. about what they sold and what they gave and God God struck them dead. Yeah. Yeah, They were lying to the Holy Spirit. But it, that again, tells you like great blessings in biblical times were bestowed because of hospitality, but then also great consequences existed for not mm-hmm. being hospitable mm-hmm. and and maybe we wouldn't be struck dead for it today for for not having our neighbors over but the consequence of that is lost relationships and lost opportunities to be a light in someone else's life yeah and i think that's the thing that 
with this housing boom that we have to be really intentional about is there's going to be people moving into our neighborhoods who have no relationship with Christ. Yeah. And they may never open their homes to us, but if they accept the invitation to our home, we have to be um, open and honest about our faith. And even the missionaries here, they say every time that they have people over to their homes, they, they say, they say a blessing and they, they they don't shy away from the fact that they are Christians. And I, and I think just starting with a blessing um, is so important. And, you know, I think we forget when we're sitting down at a table, we think we're blessing this food, which the food doesn't need a blessing. It's dead. It's all going into our mouths. <laughs> the blessing is an act of, of gratitude. It is an act of giving God praise. But it's also, as we have people into our homes, it's an, it can be an act of loving kindness to mm-hmm. those at our table, extending a blessing to their families as well. Because when you have somebody pray over you and you know that they are concerned about you and your life, um, that's a game changer and a life changer for people. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think that's it. I mean, it's so, you know, we're looking at the challenge of time. And the answer to that is be intentional. We're looking at the challenge of, well, not everything in my house is is perfect or it needs to look a certain way. The solution to that is just get real with it. If we're really going to do real life, and I'm preaching to myself here, uh, if we're really going to do real life with one another, you know, part of that involves, guess what? If you come over to my house, there's going to be Barbie strewn everywhere. There's going to be, you know, uh, stuff on, you know, laundry that, you know, needs to still always, be done. Always, always, always laundry, always. always. Yeah. But, but the, but that's just real life, you know, and if we're going to love people from where they are and have people love us and, and genuinely be involved in one another's lives, that that is real right there. So it's it's letting you know just letting letting that go, letting that expectation go because I guarantee you, we're the ones that put that on ourselves. Nobody else really is putting that on us. It, it's it's that expectation you know on ourselves. And I think that when we are able to live into that, into everything not having to be perfect, but having perfectly wonderful conversations in an mm. imperfect setting, it's yeah. very freeing to the people we're with as well because then they don't feel a like their house is not measuring up to our house Mm -hmm. or their level of cleanliness they're not having to compare Mm -hmm. I think it takes that comparison thing out of it yeah Um, like if you come to my house you win already it's mess okay (laughs) if if this is a comparison game you win (laughs) but it also like it it does put things put people at ease, I think, when yeah. things don't have to be perfect. And I was asking Ivan um, yesterday about Chinese culture and what, what was it, what was hospitality like in China? Because we see like the Chinese tea ceremony and everything is perfect. And when you watch a documentary, everything in the house looks just right. And mm-hmm. I, you think my junk would not fit in in China, right? I've got too much stuff. I got it everywhere. The Chinese would kick me out for havoc in life. Okay. <laughs> but and I, and I said, did the Chinese believe that you just have to have everything has to be just right before you can have someone over? And she said, no, it, that, absolutely not. But things just are nice because just about everybody has a housekeeper. <laughs> I was like, oh. bingo, bango, right yeah. there. 
That is the deal. But she also said, I said, well, what would be a cultural no-no in, in, in China when you're talking about hospitality? And she said, not being hospitable, mm. not opening your door would be the, the no-no. Yeah. Um, not taking time. And she said very much for, for her, for, for their family and for that culture that she lived in, it was, if somebody shows up at your door, then they're your plan. You know, it's not- I love that. And I mean, I love that that was printed in the mission, like that, that quote was printed in the missions mosaic about, you know, if, you know, if you're, if you're visiting with someone that they, the, that person is the plan, you know, and because that is such a, a shift really. Uh, and I think, I mean, that goes for everybody, right? That goes for the kids that come into our homes, uh, you know, grandkids, uh, you know, church family. I mean, just anybody that's coming into our homes, that person is, is the plan. I, I love that. And that really goes along with, um, there is a book and a Bible study by Jen Schmidt. We'll put this uh, in the show notes. It's called just open the door. There are a lot of great resources on hospitality. We'll put those in the show notes as well. But um, one of the quotes from Jen that I, that I love in that book um, is she said, we underestimate the life-changing impact that just opening the doors of our hearts and our homes to others has on our culture because we overthink the notion of hospitality. Yeah. And one of the things that I love, that she, the questions that she asks in her book is, what do you hope that people feel when they come into your home? Like if you had to put, you know, a couple of words or a sentence about what do you, what do you, what do you hope that people feel? And I would challenge, you know, our listeners are listening to this to answer that same question. Um, when I thought about it for myself, the first thing, um, which is interesting to me, um, the first word that for me was warmth. I want people, I want them to feel warmth. I want them to feel um, a coziness, a, a restfulness. Um, and so what would you say to that? What if when you're people, what do you want people to feel when they come into your home? I want them to feel like it's home. Mm -hmm. like my, my home is their home. Like if they want to go get a popsicle out of the refrigerator. In fact, that's a great way to start off hospitality. You and I were talking about that. Have mm -hmm. popsicles in your refrig refrigerator for the kids anytime mm -hmm. they come. Mm -hmm. But like I, I want my home to feel like an extension of your home. Yeah. Like just, just that you feel loved, that you feel joyful. Not those moments of, of, of my home, like when I'm a rage machine and like, you know, going on my cleaning tangents, but, but that you would feel relaxed enough to just come sit when the coffee table is covered with homework and, yeah. you know, the toilet's clogged, who knows what, you know, mm -hmm. but, but that is, that it is just a place where we can be real and, and that they can feel loved. Mm -hmm. and, and this, I don't think this just goes for people that have kids. I think this could look, uh, you know, apply this to what this might look like in, in your every, you know, your everyday life and your situation. But um, I think, you know, we've been talking about, you know, we want our, our homes to be the, the places that our kids' friends want to come to, that, you know, it, it's just as much that they feel comfortable, you know, coming in. Um, and so, I mean, that can be applicable to anything. That can be a small group. That can be, uh, you know, a friend group. I mean, whatever that looks like, um, you want, you know, you want your home to, like you said, it, it's an extension of, um, of that for them to be able to come in and feel just as comfortable, you know, and, 
And, and it's funny to me that, that, that really in my mind is the goal. And yet I struggle with that need to, well, you know, I got to oil the cheese board, you know, you know? And so it's funny because I think in our hearts, if we were really honest, you know, we don't care about that other stuff. We, we, we want the warmth. We want the, you know, the, the fellowship, you know, the, the loving our people that are in our house, whatever that looks like. Um, the other stuff isn't, is a nice added bonus, I guess, if you have it. Um, but yeah, I I think it's a good reflection for us, you know? Yeah, definitely. I definitely agree. And, and I think like I have a mess room right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a room where all of the things that we have not yet Mm -hmm. unpacked from the move. It's also the laundry room for us. Mm -hmm. It's there and, and, and it does not have a lock and it, and it makes me so like anxious. <laughs> I get had, it. I get we it. We had a little graduation party for Josie and Phoebe on Saturday. And oh, the kids kept running in that room. And I was like, I'm going to knock somebody out if they open that door up one more time. But then I also look at that door and on that same door, because we, we live in, in the home that was my grandmother's, on that same door were the heights of all the grandchildren marked Mm. from, you know, standing age to adulthood, you know, and I think, Mm -hmm. you know, these people, these, these people who are on this height chart, that's what matters. It's not keeping this door closed. And, and, and if keeping that door closed is going to make me too anxious to Mm -hmm. enjoy the, the people around. Yeah. Yeah then then that's a, that's a me thing that I've got to get over mm-hmm. and and just know that everybody has one of those rooms mm-hmm. or everybody has one of those closets yep and um you can't stop it from let it stop you from loving people and and your yes. home being that mission field and yes. i was thinking about too um just the idea that you know being inhospitable really for jesus was a sin it was a sin Mm-hmm. Um, because when we look in um, Matthew 5, um, if you start in 37, Jesus is invited by a Pharisee to his home. And the woman uh, comes and and, mm-hmm. and anoints Jesus' feet. And the Pharisee um, basically chastises Jesus and the woman for this. Mm-hmm. And Jesus just quickly like says, when I came into your house, you did not wash my feet. You did not give me oil for my head. Yeah. Like Jesus notices these little things. And it was, it was a big deal to him. Mm-hmm. And, and if we don't ever have other people's feet in our homes, we can never wash their feet. Mm-hmm. You know, whether yes. that is physically yes. or spiritually. Yes. Um, but, but we just have to take that first step. Mm-hmm. which is letting, letting them take the first step through our door. Yes. I think that's, that's beautiful. And that's it. You know, you want to know about how, how to model biblical hospitality. Look at Jesus, mm-hmm. right? I mean, look at the way that, um, that he, that he modeled that. And I even, you know, even, you know, when, when he's with Mary and Martha and Martha, you know, gets, um, you know, upset about, you know, the fact that Mary's not helping and Mary's worshiping. And, you know, there's always been that part of me that's like, oh, I'm the Martha. I would want to be like, Jesus, she's not helping me. You know, don't you see all this? But, you know, Jesus always, always cuts back to what is the most important thing in that moment. Um, you know, what is the heart behind it? And, but that, that is such a beautiful imagery and visual of 
of just loving people and uh, no, no matter what, you know, and I, I love what you said about we want to wash people's feet. We got to get them in the door, you know? Um, well, I love, I love this conversation. Like, so we, I know we could keep going and going and going, but I, what I want to like wrap up with, because I know we both have some, <clears throat> what are some go-to things when you think about hospitality? What are some of your favorite things? I know you've got, you've got like five favorite things to do. So I've got just a couple. I'll do mine quick that way. Cause I know you've got you got no, some I've good got ones. the opposites. I've yeah. got the things not to do. You have the things not to do. That's right. Um, I have the jello. You got <laughs> the jello. You know, I think for me, and I mean, uh, food to me is such a connector for people, no matter what culture, no matter what background. Um, food is such a, a way for us to connect with people. So for me, um, you know, if if you have time and you know people are coming, for me, I like to know what people's favorite things are. So when we have friends coming over, I like to have their favorite drinks that they have. If they're a Pepsi person or a Coke person or whatever, you know, I, I like to have that stuff on hand. That that to me is, for me personally, um, that's a reflection of hospitality or just like, like you said, listen, we got popsicle stuck in our, stocked in our house year round. Um, just having those things available, um, letting, you know, the kids raid the pantry if they want to, just being able to have that. Um, because I do think it is, it is such just a connector for us, but I think just having people's favorite treats on hand, yeah. um, if I know that they're, you know, that they're, I've got a warning on that. Um, you know, if not, we go off the fly and it is fruit snacks for everybody then. Um, <laughs> I'm all about some fruit snacks for everybody. You can never go wrong with fruit snack. Um, but uh, yeah, I think, I think it's just, it's, it's being in tune to, uh, you know, just the, the needs of the people that I know are coming. Um, but I just, I want that warmth. I want that, that intimacy, uh, you know, when people, when people come over. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that, that for me is, is a thing uh, I, that, that I like, but you have a good list of yeah. things not to do when people come over. So let's, I let's roll them through. That I would really add to your list. Yeah. Be a good listener. Mm, um, mm-hmm. so if you're going to ask people how they're doing, be willing to sit down and look them in the eye and, yeah. and hear how they're doing really. And really listen. Um, yeah. And follow up, you know, if they have a prayer request, you know, they're not going to call it a prayer request, but if they have a, a need and a concern, follow up on that and, mm-hmm. and call them later and ask them how it's going or, ha- or ask them how you can help. You know, one other thing I just randomly thought about was, I think for me, both of my grandmothers just so much modeled hospitality always with, you know, not only just, I mean, both of my grandmothers let people stay with them and live with them, you know, as they need to get back on their feet and, you know, in times of struggle and and things like that. Um, But they were always, always both of them, you know, just if you liked something in one of their houses, take it with you. (laughs) don't don't leave with empty hands you know don't leave with empty hands and I think that is for me something that has been modeled and something like you know if your girls came over and played and there was just this barbie you know that Phoebe was just stuck on you just take the barbie you know Mm -hmm. I mean like it's so I think that's something that has been ingrained in me always is is that idea of of not leaving with empty hands you like something you go on and take it you know um you know and and so like if you make a meal for people don't Mm -hmm. have leftovers don't have leftovers for yourself for the next day like always have a Tupperware on hand that you can yes. pack them a plate 
to send go it with, with them. them. That's right. If they That's don't right. like it, if they didn't like your food, they can throw it away later. Mm-hmm. But don't let don't let them leave with empty mm-hmm. hands. Yep, <laughs> it's that kind of thing. But I think there are some don'ts to hospitality, mm-hmm. and um, and I think that these are these are important don'ts. So um, listen carefully, class. <laughs> the first one: underwear. Underwear should not be visible anywhere in your house or on your person. Keep it tucked in somewhere, in your pants, in your closet, in your drawer. No underwear, okay? Number two, don't try anything for the first time. If you're having guests over, don't try cooking, frying a turkey Mm. for the first time. No, Uh, We could run down all the experiences of things, of the Pinterest fails I have had trying to make something look cute when somebody's coming over that just, Mm -mm. mm -mm, it doesn't fly. Mm -mm. Nope. (laughs) Hot dogs, hot, do- hot dogs are a great thing to try to do yeah. <laughs> when they come for the first Keep time. <laughs> Keep it a winner. Keep it yeah. a winner. <laughs> first time. Um, number three, no yelling. If that is how you and Jim Bob and, and the, the Yens communicate, then that's one thing. <laughs> but don't yell in your house at your family while they are there. And don't <laughs> criticize your family while they are there. Okay. This makes don't it uncomfortable your for everybody. Family, period. Okay. <laughs> like give your family a break, you know, don't yell at your family regularly, but you know, like for us, we're like, Hey, Jazzy, bring yeah. me that thing. You know, so, <laughs> you know what, like don't yell across the house. Okay. Like I'm not talking about fighting. I'm talking about like, don't yell across the house. Number four, be careful with anything with mayonnaise. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Went mm-hmm. to a party one time and every single person got the plague. Oh, bless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Yep. That'll do it. <laughs> no, no outdoor mayonnaise products. Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. Yep. And then the last one, and if you, you know if this applies to you, and I don't have to say it, <laughs> I don't have to explain it any more than this. Don't stomp. Ignore it and don't make apologies for it. Okay. <laughs> Just going to leave it right there. You know what I'm talking about. If this is you, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Somebody is nodding their head going, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Just let it keep walking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Been, th- been, been there too. Well, I mean, you know, we, we have all of this in good fun, but we really wanted to, I mean, we're, we're challenging ourselves along with you in this of just, letting, letting things go, opening your doors, getting to know people, being intentional about those relationships and setting aside the time to do that. And, and looking at a way, um, you know, just like Jen is talking about in her book, just open the door about, you know, it's not just about opening our homes. It's about opening our hearts to people. It's about being real life, you know, right there with each other. Um, and, yeah, and really and looking only, at ways to do that. Only museums and collections need a curator. Your home doesn't need that. Mm-hmm. Just be real. Just be yeah. real with people. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So I'm going to stop. I'm worrying so much about, um, you know, the magic race. We're not getting all the marks off the wall before people come over. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to make my. I'm going to try to find my magic eraser. <laughs> We're going to make a note for that to work on. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I think this is just the, just the beginning of conversations. But think about as you're going throughout your day, um, you know, and as you're listening, you know, think about that question we were talking about earlier of, you know, what do you want people to feel when they come in your home? What is, what's important to you? 
Um, you know, there might be things we talked about that you're like, well, that's not really important to me. That's great. You know, do, do what is important to you. Um, you know, apply, apply this as needed where, where you need it. Um, but I, I think if anything, it's just a, it's just a great reminder to us, you know, loving people and being in relationships with people, you know, it, it comes with all kinds of, of thoughts and feelings and complications at times, but at the end of the day, it's just loving people and what that looks like, um, you know, for each of us looking at the way that Jesus modeled this for us and looking at how special a home is as a mission tool, you know, I mean that your home and we'll, you know, as we, we've got, we've got podcasts coming up where we're going to talk about, you know, your home being a mission field in a lot of different ways, but this is such a great mission tool, you know? Just be thinking about what's your end with your neighbor. You know, maybe it's maybe it's bringing over some cookies. Maybe it's just stopping by to say hi. And here's my number. If you ever have a problem or need help, give me a call. You know, mm. maybe that's the first step. Take some baby steps. You don't have to host Thanksgiving at your house as the first act of hospitality. Yeah. Yeah. Start small. Yeah, that's it. Start small. Start simple. Um, yeah. Take your time with it. And um you know, don't worry about what Martha says that you're supposed to be doing on this day. And just, <laughs> you clean your fridge when you want to. <laughs> you don't, don't be Joanna. Nobody has that many goats at their house and has a nice yard and a clean house. It doesn't happen. Just be real and, and just be you yep. and people will love you for you. Yep. And, and let, yeah. In you. Yes. Yeah. Love that. Just, just be yourself. Let your home be itself. Mm -hmm. and and keep it going from there well that is uh gonna do it for this episode of beyond the moment and um we will catch you guys next time and um yeah we'll we'll definitely in the meantime try one of becca's new jello recipes that she's gonna make for us i'm gonna post it (laughs) we'll hear the results the next time so you better come back next time there you go know about the 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 yellow jello fish casserole (laughs) Well, thanks everybody for listening and we will catch you next time on the next episode of Beyond the Moments. Bye.